How did you know all that stuff? I did my research. You're listening to Fresh Take a Movie Podcast. We're digging up unwanted, subjective opinions on film. I'm Mary-Kate Martin. And I'm Emily Murray. Tonight, we're watching... Oh. Alien. Sorry. I wanted you to say it, because this, this is your movie. <laughs> Let me just set the scene. <clears throat> Alien. The year, 1979. Wait, pause. The month... Oh, what? Why did we pick Alien? Oh, sorry. Because it's... Oh, Alien is currently celebrating its 40th anniversary this... Or, it was this or last month. Okay. That's why I picked Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. I was Go gonna... Ahead. I was gonna mention that. Okay, mention <clears throat> it again later. Okay. I'll pretend tap, I didn't know. Tap, tap, Pretend like you didn't <laughs> This is all blooper. Okay. <clears throat> the year, 1979. Can you 1979. stop? No one's going to clear your throat, <laughs> it's, it's part of the... It's it's thematic. It's it's All called right. acting. All right, I'll shut up. You just go ahead. Start from the beginning. You're listening to Fresh Take a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the year is 1979. The month is May. The movie, Alien. When those young men and women entered that theater, they didn't know that their worlds, and the world of cinema as we know it was about to change. On a budget of 9 to $11 million, the box office the box office turnaround for Alien was between 104 to $203 million. Estimates are a little skewed, but this movie made bank! Money, 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 money. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> What's the sound it makes when you're, like, flinging dollar bills in the air? It's just... Money, money, money. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> the director of this film was, at the time, relatively unknown. A Mr. Sir Ridley Scott. Okay. Can you tell me more things that he's directed? Yes, I'd, I'd love to tell you. This is his second film. Prior to this movie, he had filmed a movie called The Duelist, which I have not seen and had not heard of. I actually yeah. thought this was his first movie. So <laughs> this was a fun surprise for all of us. Um, some examples of movies he's filmed after Alien really like kickstarted his blockbuster career. He Makes followed sense. Alien with movies such as Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, Legend, The Martian. Heard of any of those of indie films? <laughs> I'm going to break down the cast. They were relatively unknown-ish for the time. You know, before I get into the cast, let me let me do a little a little synopsis, a little summary before we start to break it down because Emily has no information about Alien. Wait, should I say what my preconceived notions are? Yes, before I do the synopsis, why okay. don't you share that? So, See, this again, is why we need I'm... to roll shows. <laughs> so, I know nothing about this film truly except for that Sigourney Weaver is in it. Mm-hmm. I only know this basis, this base of information from the ride at Hollywood Studios, the Great Movie Ride. Oh, where they have I forgot the about that. Of her, and she is making her head go like back and forth. Oh, <laughs> uh, rest in peace. And there's a, there's ride. an alien that comes out of the sky while you're on the ride, or comes out of the ceiling. Wow, I completely forgot 
that. That was actually my first introduction to that movie as well. Oh, truly? But then I actually went and watched it. But, wow. Okay. Cool. So you already know more than I would like. <laughs> That's fine. Thanks, Disney. Spoiler yeah. alert. Sucks. <clears throat> so. Alien. After a space merchant vessel perceives an unknown transmission as a distress call, its landing on the source moon finds one of the crew attacked by a mysterious life form, and they soon realize that its life cycle has merrily begun. Spooky. Okay, so also Mary Kate keeps calling this a scary movie, and I didn't know it was perceived as a scary movie, so... I, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. But um, many have described it as Jaws in Space, but Ridley Scott says he was inspired by three big movies. A, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Interesting. And Star Wars A New Hope. Interesting. Because of the release of Star Wars A New Hope, this movie was able to exist. Without that, it probably... Would not have been so widely received. People were desperate. Star Wars was so successful. People were desperate for space movies at the time. Oh, yeah. And this was kind of the next big thing. Have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? I have not. Have you? Me neither. It's a classic. Put it on the list. <laughs> but neither of us is... It's fine. It's fine. So I'm going to list some of the cast. They're all pretty small, relatively unknown. But we'll see what you recognize. I kind of listed movies that they've been in that I think you might know. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you their positions on this um, spaceship. It. So we have Tom Skurrit, who plays Dallas, the captain. Um, he also appeared in Top Gun and Steel Magnolias. Seen both of those movies. Excellent. Who Here's was some... he in those movies? Do you know? I don't know. I didn't look okay. that far. I'll do my own research and so can the <laughs> listeners then. Harrison Ford turns this role down. Of course, he was already in Star Wars, so yeah, maybe he, already, he was... Yeah. He was like, I'm done at this point. So we can accept that. And I have a feeling that Harrison Ford actually doesn't like acting. <laughs> That's um That's just an inkling true. I have. He he really doesn't seem like he likes anything. He likes it. I don't I mean, I think I just don't think he likes Star Wars. I think he likes Indiana Jones. From what I've heard, he's like, I love those movies, I'd make as many of them as I could, but well, when it's like Han Solo, he's like, Ugh. Han, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's literally, I mean, he literally wanted Han to die at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So, sorry. Sorry. We had to make you a big movie star instead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Our mistake. <laughs> um, followed by Sigourney Weaver, who is 29 in this. She plays Ripley, the warrant officer. This was her first role in a major motion picture. She had mostly done small stuff in theater. Um, she followed this up with Ghostbusters, Galaxy Quest, Holes, Baby Mama, Wally, and Avatar. There's quite a few of those movies I like. That's great. Specifically, Holes. <laughs> Specifically, Avatar. <laughs> Apparently, Meryl Streep was considered for this role. How old would she have been during this time? Probably around the same age. Yeah. Pretty young. Um, Veronica Cartwright. Uh, was the navigator. She's well known for doing horror movies. The only movie... Have you seen The Witches of Eastwick? No. Okay, never mind then. Um, this next one I think you'll know. Harry Dean Stanton, the engineering technician, starred in such movies as Pretty in Pink as the dad. 
Oh my goodness, what a connection. I know, I know. Um, he was also in Escape from New York, The Godfather 2, The Green Mile, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. John Hurt plays the executive officer. Um, in Harry Potter, he played Ollivander. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was also in The Elephant Man right after this. That was an Oscar nomination. He was mm-hmm. in the fourth Indiana Jones as well. Uh, last but not least, Ian Holmes, science officer. He's mostly done a lot of TV, but he was the voice of Skinner in Ratatouille. And in Lord of the Rings, he played Bilbo Baggins. Amazing. I've never uh, seen Lord of the Rings either. You've never seen Lord of the Rings? Mm-mm. Oh. Wow. That... Whew. How uncultured. We're going to have to really get into that one. That's a big commitment, diving into Lord of the Rings. I know. Because, of course, we of... have to watch the extended version. Yes. I feel like it's, like, kind of those one of those things I'll probably get, like, obsessed with a little bit. Like Game of Thrones? With, yeah, Game of Thrones, things like, like everything. that. So I'm going to keep this before part pretty... Oh, we're, we're already nine minutes in, so I guess it's not as short as I thought it was going to be. But, Emily, I'd like you to look for, mostly, the special effects. Okay. Um, I want you to take notes of, like, obviously this was a very low-budget film, so a lot of this stuff was made on the cheap, especially when we've recently watched Interstellar, which was such a high standard for space mm-hmm. movie effects. So kind of compare and contrast this. See what you can see, what's real, how it's done, you know, what you, what you think's real, what you think's fake, yada, yada. Also, take note of the great banter between the cast, which I think I really enjoy. They have really great chemistry as a group. Um, who lives, who dies? Interesting note. And uh, let me know, how does the film surprise you? Okay. I can do that in our second part for sure. I hope you're not too scared. I really don't think... I think we can discuss this afterward, but I'm not sure I would necessarily classify it as a horror movie. Yeah. Some people might. I consider it more suspense, like a really tense thriller. Like Ridley Scott really uses something else to take note of. He uses this, just the way it's filmed to build this kind of eerie tension. And you're just Mm -hmm. like really on the edge of your seat. And we'll talk about that more on the other side. Cannot wait. All right. See you in uh, two hours. I think. Hour and 45. (laughs) Roughly. Bye. Welcome back to Fresh Take, a movie podcast. <laughs> Emily, let's hear your thoughts on Alien. Okay, so the f- first like hour was really boring for me, to be okay. honest. Okay. I think if I had seen it in a different environment other than my own home, I probably would be more focused on it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Sure. Because I'm, I'm a movie third, a theater person. I'd rather watch a movie in a movie theater than at my own house. Um, but the suspense did pick up like towards the end a lot more um it was good i get why people like it 
but I was bored. <laughs> I did, when I was sitting there watching, I was like, I really enjoy this, but it is very slow at the beginning. Yeah. Like, um, Ridley Scott didn't want to show the monster too much because it's really just a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a really tall guy. Yeah, he noticed his legs at one point. When yeah. he, like, falls, he, like, at the end, he, like, falls out of, like, this thing and you can, mm-hmm. like, see, like, two legs. It's, um, so he was trying to avoid showing the creature too much, because mm-hmm. um, he, one of the big problems he had with, like, monster movies that it's always a guy in a suit at the end, it's just not as scary. So if he thought if he showed it less and really just focused on, like, building up the tension, then it would be scarier, because it'd be more about your fear of the unknown than, like, fear of the creature itself. I kind of see how this movie has, like, an influence on, like, um, A Quiet Place. Yeah. Because that's kind of, that kind of thing is very similar, where you don't really see or know what's really going on. Until towards the end. And then, uh, like, the buildup of suspense, for sure. What did you... How did it make you feel? Would you describe this as a horror, a thriller, No, definitely suspenseful. Okay. I wasn't spooked at all. Like, even, like, jump scares didn't really spook me. This... I really don't think, like, upon this rewatching, I was just like, even the jump scares aren't that scary. No. It's really about, like, just that tension that's building. Um, what surprised you? Um, I was surprised, well, that robot scene. Okay, you didn't think he was a robot? No, no, I didn't That's think one of the most iconic lines in cinema is what he says, you know, his final line. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have my sympathies or whatever? Yes. Um, yeah, that, also when his head, like, pops off, it was so, <laughs> kind of, it was kind of comical. Yeah, it- <laughs> At this point. It is a little silly. Uh, what did you think of the chest burster scene? That's another iconic one. A lot of their reactions are genuine. He's, oh, really? They did not know it was going to be as bloody as it was, so their reactions oh, yeah. to the amount of blood, that was all done in one take. So those, are, cool. all, those are all real. So what did you think of that? Were you grossed out, shocked? Did you know... Were you familiar with it before no. you saw it? Okay. No. Um... Yeah, I guess it was shocking, but I was just kind of watching it. I didn't. You weren't like, <gasps> no. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is happening now. Yep, yep. I will say, the ending, I'd forgotten that my subconscious knew the ending of this movie. It did know the ending? The movie the... Infinity War. When Spider-Man is like, no, have oh, you seen the movie Alien? Oh. And, he, and he's like, we just gotta blow, we gotta put a hole in and let the alien go through the hole, whatever. Damn it, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, I'd forgotten too, so I guess that's okay that I forgot it, but um, when I was watching it, I was like, I remember this from Infinity War. <laughs> so. Do you know that really old movie? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so I'm going to lay on some really fun facts about the making of this film. Obviously, um, Academy Award winner for Best Visual Effects, another space movie that we've watched that's won this. Um, as you can tell, it feels like upon this rewatching of it for me, almost all of it was some kind of practical effect. It right. looked like very, very small amounts were um, CGI. I was wondering if like the like the exterior spaceship stuff and the like uh, planets, if that was all like miniatures. A lot of it was a, it was a combination of miniatures, models, set pieces. Yeah. Like movie trickery, 
Um, the exterior of the Nostromo was a set. Um, so when it, and when the ship lands on the planet, they um, you can see the the astronauts outside of it. That's actually Ridley Scott's sons and the sons of the film cinematographer because they thought the real actors looked too tall, so they wanted the smallest people possible. So they oh, hired. Funny. They put the children in the spacesuits spacesuits to make it that was probably seem really larger. Fun. They did that with a lot of the. Um, scenes in suits that's probably a really fun day for for them like the kids so the scene of kane inspecting the egg which was the you know just that example of humans sticking their noses where they shouldn't like right. obviously ripley was the only smart one in my personal opinion she was like don't let them on the ship oh here's sure. what we should do and everyone else was just like nah <laughs> it's fine like He's had an alien inside of him. I'm sure it's great. She was honestly the only character I, like, cared about surviving, too. I was like... Yeah. So when she was the only one that ended up on that other ship, I was or the whatever thing, I was like, okay, that's okay. It's actually... I will confess, this isn't my favorite alien movie. What's your favorite alien movie? Aliens, the sequel. The sequel's better than this, you think? I think it's definitely one of my all-time faves. Like, the tone of it is completely different. This is definitely, like, a suspenseful horror like small room film like who will survive the next one's like this big budget big budget action movie it's directed by james cameron it just has this really great cast but but this one is essential viewing but then we're gonna watch that one and you're really gonna like that one because it's great sigourney weaver in that one you betcha good she's this is like this um that movie and this movie really like jump-started her career right and now she's like an a sci-fi hero to us all Badass lady. Um, what did you think of her performance? I liked it. You liked it? I liked, yeah. I thought, like, a lot of the dialogue dialogue of the film was good. Like, I mm-hmm. thought that it was, um, it was, like, simple, because, like, there's a lot, not a lot of talking, actually. Um, but I liked what was going on there, and I liked her performance. The performances were originally designed to be unisex, so the crew wasn't, was given names, and everything was kept very minimal in the casting process they were just looking for strong performers so it didn't matter whatever role could have been played by either male or female that's pretty cool and and ripley again was originally intended to be played by a man but sigourney weaver gave such a strong audition that they casted her but the I other ones were yeah right she was she's great she's like perfect she was so young this is her first performance she oh, just I, nails it i didn't like that we saw her booty crack her underpants yeah. were a little too small <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was, I was like, much. this girl needs some better I was like, underpants. Hike them up. Hike them up. It's yeah. Gonna hold them. Well, originally that end scene was supposed to be a lot more sexual than it actually was. That's a kind of a weird fact. Wow. Yeah, it was. Eh, we don't need to go. Some things you just don't need to know. Okay. But tell yeah. me off, Mike. <laughs> um, let's talk about more fun facts. So the scene of Kane inspecting the egg was shot post production. A fiberglass egg was used. Actor John Hurt could shine his light and see movement inside. The movement inside the egg was Ridley Scott fluttering his hands. Oh. Um, while wearing rubber gloves. The top of the egg was hydraulic, and the innards were a cow's stomach and tripe. Oh. I'm oh, it's it's a bit, it's gonna get grosser. Were you grossed out by anything, or just kind of? No, not really. Okay. I think because you know it's fake. Yeah. And you and know, I don't I don't like seeing gross things, well, but it didn't point, bother me too, too much. So at this point it's so um aged like mm-hmm. the effects that you're like like the head popping up was funny to me like i literally was like this looks hilarious it's it not looks so it's not scary at all and it looks bad <laughs> like it looks 
low quality. I think the the chest burster scene and the scene of her like once it's her by herself on the ship running back and forth, that's when I think it's like the tension is the best. Yeah, I agree. Um so the face hugger was made of a sheep's intestine and it was shot out of that egg using a high pressure air hose. And the laser lights they use in a lot of those scenes were borrowed from the Who. We're having um we're using like them for a concert nearby, so they borrowed like a lot of the lighting for this. Interesting. I was wondering if this like this movie had to have been shot on like a soundstage. Yes, somewhere. like almost everything is a set. Yeah. Um and a lot of the sets were so small that really Scott had to use a handheld camera. Interesting. So and he actually filmed everything that was on a handheld. So this this film I think feels it's very personal for him because he's really, like, in it. Like, yeah. he was straight. Because sometimes the directors aren't necessarily on the cameras. You got the cinematographers, oh, sure. the crew. Yeah. But he was, like, he was doing the handheld stuff. He was really, like, a part of it. So, fun facts about the chestburster scene. Like I said, all those reactions were genuine. They knew the creature would be bursting out of John Hurt. And they had seen the puppet, but they had not been told that fake blood would also be bursting out all different angles. So, the scene was shot in one take. It was an artificial torso filled with blood and goo with Hurt's head and arms coming up from beneath the table. Hmm. Ian Holm, for his scene as the android when he's coming up, yeah. he knelt beneath the table, um, and then they just kind of edited it. Uh, the innards of the android were milk, caviar, pasta, fiber optics, and glass marbles. I knew that was milk. To form the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... It's one of those iconic things is the milk. It's so Yeah, gross. you know what milk looks like. Everybody knows what milk looks yeah. like. Let's see. Um, let's talk about... Oh, for the cat's reaction. First uh, off, the cat is my favorite part of the whole movie. Jonesy is yeah. a true hero. He survives the second movie, don't worry. A treasure. Um, so they use a dog to get the reaction from the cat. Wow. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the alien is behind. Yes. Pretty in pink dad. That's one of my, I think, the most iconic scenes in the movie is when it's just the close-up of the cat's face watching him die. You just kind of see it in shadow, and the cat's just like... It really looks like the cat's watching it and just not giving a fuck. Right. Um, That's that's all I've got for, like, fun special effects. This movie just really has some great practical effects that it uses. Um, what would be in your favorite performance? We already kind of talked about that. What's an iconic scene, then? Um, well, I think that, like, the last, like, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. like, basically her by herself, um, was my favorite part of the movie, for sure. I wasn't, like, hooked in the movie until, um, I don't know any of their names, to be honest, but... It's okay. (laughs) When the the guy comes back and the alien is, like, on his face... Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it, like, I kind of got hooked at first. Until then, I was pretty bored. And then, um, I do like that cat, the cat scene. Pretty iconic. So my iconic scenes were, uh, the chestburster scene, the android thing, the Jonesy. Oh, yeah, the android. Where they realize he's, yeah, where they realize he's an android. And then when she's singing to herself, Mm -hmm. you are my lucky star, that's iconic to me. I think this movie is a great use of sound, too. Like, when the water's dripping on uh, uh-huh. Pretty in Pink Hat, Pretty in Pink Guy's hat, um, the chains rattling, the siren. What I say? recognize a lot of the sounds from 
that ride. The Great, the great movie, movie Ride. ride. Yeah. I, I heard, I think this is the first time I've watched it since, since it's been at Disney. But it's like the alarm noise, even like the water dripping, like I'm pretty sure that plays. And then the um, T minus 10 minutes yeah. that plays in the ride. It's iconic. Right. What was your biggest surprise? Well, the for me, it was when that guy turned into a robot. I was... I mean, so, he was always a robot. I, I know. Well, yeah, but I didn't realize it. But I wrote down on my notes, I wrote, a robot? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, that had me a little shook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You didn't see that coming? Not at all. In the director's cut, there's more hints towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, they mention... Like, Ripley and the other lady are having a conversation about him and, like, having sex. Because originally this movie was a lot sexier. Not even sexier, but there's just more sex in it. Like, Which this um, movie does not need. Yeah, really, Scott had this idea that the crew members would just have casual sex with each other to fill the time. The alien, again, was, is supposed to be, like, getting sexy in that last in scene. Pods? Yeah, it's... I don't know, like... And there's a lot of, like, sexual undertones... With, like, the alienist stuff. I know, it's like... Yeah, we don't need that. If you really read into it, but... Was this was this film, um, like, an original script? Yes. Like, okay, that's pretty cool, because uh-huh. movies like that don't even get made anymore. No. It's all like, in the this... few movies. And this turned into a huge franchise. I mean, there's seven or eight movies now. Excuse Re- me? Yeah, but the interesting thing with... The first few is that they were each directed by a different director. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Ridley Scott directed this one, and then James Cameron directed the second one. I believe it was David Fincher directed the third one, and those are all... Like David Fincher? Yeah, who did The Social Network. I don't care about any Alien movies except the first two. Okay. All the rest are garbage to me, but you can pursue those in your own time. I probably will not. <laughs> Ricky, you seem to like space films. I've, you know, that is a trend. That is a trend. Um, this film was actually parodied in another space movie I like, Spaceballs. Have you seen that? No. Uh, John Hurt actually comes back into that to kind of play himself, and the little chestburster guy comes out. It's amazing. It's a good time. It's a good time. All right. Impact on pop culture. Well, we've already mentioned there was a Disney ride for a long time. Oh, yeah. Which isn't around anymore. Rest no. in peace. Did you, did you recognize... Oh, go ahead. No, you go first. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you I was going to say something stupid. <laughs> I was going to say, um, did anything kind of resonate with you? Because you really had no knowledge about this movie before we went into it. Well, I thought I didn't, but apparently I did. But you had more than you thought. Yeah. So what kind of had you known before? That you didn't know, but you knew that you knew. It was in your heart. Well, so you know what I'm saying. That was a lot for me to, to comprehend. You didn't realize you knew. I, yeah, I didn't realize you knew the ending. Mm. Like, I didn't know that that would be the solution until there was a hole in the in the ship. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's from Infinity War. Um, I knew she was going to end up with that, like, gun blaster thing. Because she had that on the ride, too. She, like, stands with it on the ride. I, I remember I was just waiting for her to get, the, get a gun the whole time. I was like, when's she going to get her, like, weapon? That was another reason Ridley Scott had the alien bleed acid. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want a reason for them to just be like, well, let's just shoot it. Yeah. They want, it wanted to be, like, an extra challenge to it. That makes sense. I didn't even think about that. I, that scene where they were trying to, like, catch the acid between all the layers, that stressed me out. <laughs> 
Just like, honest. don't touch it. Don't, don't look at it. Don't touch it. I know. And I was like, you all really going to like run down, run down to the next layer? Like, is that really going to work? So the film originally was intended to be done when she leaves the initial Lunastroma. Um, it was just going to end with her voiceover. Um, with this is the last log of Ripley of the spaceship Nostromo. Um, and with her just drifting off into space. And really Scott envisioned a fourth act where she kind of fights the alien. Uh-huh. Although originally his plan was for her to have her head bitten off. And just you just see that it ends with, again, her voiceover. But it's just like the empty ship drifting off into space. It's very dark. Yeah, obviously they switched that around a little bit. More of a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I feel like maybe they like showed that version to audiences and they were like... Hard pass. Mm, can we have a happy ending? What did you think of the music in this? I did notice that like classical music you were talking about. Mm. And I liked that part. It's very simplistic. Yes. I wouldn't say it's really a focus. No, I don't truly. think the score is particularly strong here. Right. It is Aliens, the sequel. It has, I think, a much more recognizable score. It's actually been featured in... Somewhere that you've been. I'll leave it mysterious for the next time. But you may notice scenes from that in certain movie montages. Well, I do love movie montages. Hint, so. hint. Um, like movies like, like a lot of suspenseful movies, I feel like use sound and music to like further the story. I feel like this wasn't quite like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that movie we watched? Interstellar? Nope. Dunkirk. Oh. Like, the sound is, like, basically what, like, pushes that suspense a little bit because that's, mm-hmm. like, ticking clock. And then a movie like The Shining, which you've not seen, but mm-hmm. also I feel like that movie uses sound a lot more than, like, this movie did. I think this movie used sound well, but not necessarily to assist the movie. Right. Does that make sense? Um, what did you think of all the... There's kind of that mythology where they land on this planet and there's this skeleton of a large creature mm-hmm. uh what did you think about all that what are your thoughts on it was that the beginning of the movie yeah you're bored. i didn't have any thoughts about it <laughs> it's um they kind of grow upon that in other the other alien movies so this idea that this large creature stumbled upon the aliens and the alien is this perfect creature and everyone's mm-hmm. trying to get to it um and they talk about that more in the next one. It's That makes sense because it wasn't really addressed so much. No, it's left... I think it's left very mysterious intentionally. I think in the later films, they define it too much to the point it just becomes like, you know, there's no yeah. mystery about it anymore, so it's not the same. That's why I only recommend the first two movies. That's it. That's all I admit exists. That's all what? That's all I will admit exists. So the film, sorry. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Okay. The film was a pretty big success at the box office, but it did have some mixed reactions from critics. Some people really liked it. Some people were just confused by it. I could see that. I feel like, th- I mean, it did make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's also like the kind of movie that would have like a cult following. Exactly. Especially the... The chestburster scene, I think, is the most famous of them all. Um, the egg that's used um, during a lot of pre-production like advertisements, they just use a chicken egg. No way. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, art for the movie that you can see, and they just... It's like they forgot to take it out, so it's just an egg. Amazing. So that's a good time. Trying to think of what else there is to say. Any other questions about the movie? Um, I don't think so. It really launched the career of Sigourney Weaver and kind of all the other performers from it were just okay. Harry right. Dean Stanton's pretty well known. The dad. This uh, Pretty in Pink, pretty dad. Pink dad. He's known for a lot of like smaller roles, but I think besides that, no one went off to do things in the same way she did. Though really, Scott would come back to direct two prequels. Prometheus, which came I've out... I've heard of um, Prometheus. And the sequel to that, which was Alien Covenant. I saw Prometheus, and it was pretty stupid. When did that movie come out? 2012. Wow, that was a while ago. Mm. It feels a lot more recent. It had Charlize Theron in it and some other people. And Michael Fassbender. And this lady whose name I forget. She's very good, too. But she's very good. <laughs> thumbs up. Two, th- two thumbs way up. All right, that's kind of all I have to say about Alien. Um, any last thoughts? I don't think so. Oh, oh, the nap pods in this are better than the ones in Interstellar. Like, the things they sleep in. Yeah. At least they're not in, like, Ziploc bags with, like, <laughs> water in them. Well, this one, I think, Interstellar's were... Everything that happened in Interstellar was based in science. I don't think anything that happened in this movie had any basis in anything. No. Like, I mean, it was all made up. They didn't have the internet, so it would have been a lot harder. To do research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, exactly. And they had a small budget. What are they going to do? Like, hire That's scientists? That's true. That's true. How do you think that... How did it look to you? Like, based on... This was all... This was, like, the most DIY movie. Like, everything was made from trash, oh, sure. milk crates, gross milk. <laughs> I think it works. I don't think it distracts from the story. If you know that, like, that movie was made in 1979. Like, oh, and... The alien was covered with lube. I, I knew he looked shiny. Again, more sexual stuff that's unnecessary. Um, I like the only one that really like to me like took me out of the story was when the head popped off. That was like the only one where I was like, it doesn't look. Great. I was out because yeah. you can you can see when it becomes yeah because it gets all gray. That's I think the only effect that doesn't stand up because the rest of them don't necessarily look realistic. But I think they look just as realistic as CGI. Because CGI doesn't look realistic either. You know it's... You know, especially for, like, big things like that, you know it's fake. So I think yeah. it it kind of evens out. The spacesuits they use, they actually had trouble breathing inside of them. So all their heavy breathing is authentic. And they had to have oxygen tanks, like, strapped onto them. And a lot of them Seems almost safe. passed out. Seems safe. Yeah. You know, just... You have to do what you have to do to film yeah. your movie. Yeah. I mean, I can appreciate like a low, like I like low budget films generally, mm-hmm. so I, I can appreciate the, the practicality of the effects. I like that. It's like it has this kind of janky feel, but it fits the movie. I love janky, so we're good. it's it's crazy because when you look at the sequel, it looks, I think it looks a lot more polished. Like again, it's it has some really great special effects in that one as well, but the feel of it is completely different. It doesn't seem like I made this. Look, here's this macaroni project I made, Mom. It, it has a little bit more polish to it. Do not disrespect macaroni projects. <laughs> this, like, this was definitely made in this guy's, like, backyard. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. He just, like, made it from his two hands. 
But that's amazing. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. They actually have the original jaw, the alien's jaws, at the Smithsonian now, I believe. You can go see it tomorrow if you want I to. should. I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I and think then, it's still and there. And we'll post a photo of it on our social. <laughs> oh, it's hell's yeah. I hope it's still there. Or I'm going to go there and it's not going to be there. It's fine. That's where um, Dorothy's slippers are, too. I think those aren't there anymore, actually. Are you kidding me? It's the only reason why I wanted to go to the Smithsonian when I was in D.C. I heard they moved them. I heard they got, like, messed up. Well, did you also hear there's, like, more than one pair? There's, like, hundreds of pairs of them. Which they had to <gasps> Don't make, like... ruin the magic. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. All right. I tried to look up if the alien jaw is at the Smithsonian. It says, access denied. Obviously, there's a much bigger conspiracy here. Yeah, we'll I delve think into it next. In your apartment, Mary Kate. <laughs> Don't tell me that I live alone. Don't say the podcast, Mary Kate. I'm scared now. I'm gonna have to take that all out, Mary Kate. You can't say that you live alone on the podcast. I got scared. It's okay. All right. So, any last thoughts? Nope. That's it. I think right. this is a great movie to watch, but. You know, the sequel's better. Sorry. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> All right, so coming up soon on Fresh Take, our next Fresh Take movie podcast. Clueless. Okay. One of my all-time favorites. That was a fun surprise. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. We're surprising each other now. Oh, how exciting. Boom, boom, boom. I can't wait for you to watch it because I think that the dialogue is phenomenal. Every single okay. time I watch it, I'm like, how did they I do like this? I like the idea of Paul Rudd. Just in general? Yeah. I just like the concept of him. He's a good, he's a good in. Me as well. <laughs> I've never seen anything I didn't like with him in it, so. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's the truth. All right, so tune in to hear us talk about Clueless and other <laughs> things on Fresh Take Movie Podcast. We'll see you next time. That's Fresh Take Mauve Pod. Yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Don't follow us to our houses, though. Um, Especially at Fresh, at Fresh Take Mauve Pod. Don't come to the Smithsonian tomorrow. I won't be there. Absolutely not. Wink, wink. <laughs> and just a reminder to please tell literally everyone you know, whether you like them or not, Tell them about Fresh Take, a movie podcast. Yeah, if you have a way to advertise this at your work like Mary-Kate does, <laughs> proceed with that, please. You don't need to tell them that, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at Fresh Take Mob Pod, M-O-V. If you can rent an airplane, fly it around your local hometown at Fresh Take Mob Pod. And just yeah. When you're driving down the street, you can just roll down the window and just yell mauve pod to people, and they should be able to figure it out. Or when, you know, they get those airplanes that spell out things with smoke? Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. one of those. Fly yeah, it over the, Walt Disney World. Side stories at the beach the other day, uh-huh. and they had a boat with a huge electronic screen on it. Like, I've never seen something so big advertising things. Okay, so. So if you have access one of to that. <laughs> it's Fresh Take Mauve Pod. M-O-V. M-O-V pod. Mav pod. Mav pod. Mav pod. Mav pod. Pod? Pod? Mav pod.